The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul of women sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Women's Sanctuary. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. I am thrilled today to be welcoming um, a new friend, someone I've I've met recently, and um, she and I really hit it off. And you will find out why in a moment. And her name is Amy Getz, and she is with IRC Wealth. Hey, Amy, how are you? Hi, I'm so good and delighted to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. So I'm going to read a little bit about you, and then we will just we'll dive right into it. Let's go. Amy Getz believes wealth and financial freedom are for everyone. She's a financial advisor with IRC Wealth, an SEC-registered boutique investment firm. She's a CPA and a CDFA, which is Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. I could have used you about 20 years ago. (laughs) Amy is on a a mission to educate individuals about their finances and empower them to set big goals for their financial future. Letting go of limiting beliefs around money and facing the real numbers allows people to quiet the stress loop in their minds and elevate everyone around them. Wealth in the hands of good people changes the world. Absolutely. When she's not working, Amy loves to travel with her family, connect with friends, and read a good book. Amy gets welcome. Thank you. I am thrilled to have you here. I am. You and I spoke recently, and I really got a, a, a an intimate look at how you view women and money and wealth, and just just was just blown away by it because there are a lot of women in wealth management, and that's fantastic. And there are a lot of <clears throat> a lot of coaches in in the fields in a lot of different fields talking about transforming the way women. Look at money, transforming the way we've been taught to to in in relationship with money. I mean, there's so much there, and so uh, I was thrilled to hear your pers- your particular approach to it, which we will get into. 
So tell us a little bit about yourself that, that I may not have already shared and how you came to this moment in time of being this, uh, of working in women's wealth management. Well, yes, I'm excited to share. I love, I love to hear the backstory of people and how they landed where they are. And I'm always amazed at the right and perfect place where people find themselves when they're in alignment with what they're doing. I have, I think what's a unique backstory in that I was a CPA. I was an accountant for several years and I had three children in four years and didn't feel like I was doing either job well, mom or my full-time role. So I became a stay-at-home mom for over a decade and I was very invested in my children and volunteering. I was the treasurer of everything. And I had a financial advisor. My husband and I worked with a financial advisor at IRC Wealth um, during that time. So we would meet with him twice a year and update our financial plan. And at one point, I'll never forget, I was cleaning out my pantry and he called me and I thought, what's he calling me for? And he said, I need someone to do some accounting for some of my clients. Could you help me? It was remote. I hadn't looked for a job and I thought, you know, okay, that sounds great. I guess I did a pretty good job because at one point he put time on our calendar and I thought we were going to be talking about a client. But in the end, he said, you can do what I do and you can do it better, which was his way of giving me the confidence to say yes. So I, with, with excitedness and, you know, trepidation said yes and became a financial advisor and had no idea that it was going to be the absolute joy and passion of my life. I couldn't imagine going back into accounting, but I still had useful skills. So I was originally going to do it part-time, but that didn't last very long. And so for the last four years, I've been on a journey of really developing my own style and way to work with clients. And what you were referencing is my mentor is an absolute wonderful man, David Raglan, the CEO of IRC Wealth. But I thought I had to do financial planning like him, right? Mm. I was learning under him. I was following his way. And while he did teach me a wonderful system, it was when I recognized that I wasn't male or, you know, in that role. And when I started to lean into my feminine energy, when I started to lean into using my intuition to really talking not just about numbers, but leaning into the feelings Mm -hmm. of wealth, abundance, and scarcity, your money mindset, your limiting beliefs. When I started bringing that forward and having those deep conversations with people was when my business completely changed. And I have to say the universe gifted this role to me on a beautiful silver platter. And I feel like it continues to gift me the right and perfect clients because I'm showing up in a way that allows people to know that it's more than just numbers on a page. It's really about their feelings and understanding that wealth and financial freedom literally is for everyone. I truly, Mm. my heart of hearts believe that. I don't think you can start too young or too late. Everyone has that divine right and Mm -hmm. I'm here to show them the way. That's beautiful. There are so many people who, who don't believe that, right? Or, and even if, and maybe not even be aware that they don't believe that. Correct. So what was that process like? You know, okay, so you're an accountant and you take some time off and you go back into wealth management. You know, that's where where did where did you see how did you come to the point that things began to shift for you into 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 a saying, you know, I have a different approach and I'm gonna run with it. I don't, I don't know that I can 
specifically pinpoint the time, but there was a particular client. Um, she was actually the reason I went back and got my certified divorce financial analyst um, designation. It was her coming in and working with IRC Wealth, and she was in you know, her mid-50s and hadn't been the person who was the breadwinner or understood um, how the money you know, worked in their family. And she was in such a place of fear. And it was in doing that, working with that client with David, who is amazing, but I brought a more soft feminine energy, which I just felt like she needed. I wanted Mm. to comfort her. I wanted to, um, you know, kind of wrap my arms around her and tell her it was going to be okay. And so when I recognized how much she valued that, it made me realize showing up in that way, showing up authentically, because those that's what I'm feeling is what mm-hmm. makes the difference for people. Yes, they come to me for financial information, but when people truly feel seen and feel heard and feel held, that is when they have the confidence to open up. They have the confidence to start to believe in themselves when they see that you believe in them as well and know that you're going to be on that journey with them. So I think that was, you know, that was a year or two into working. And I, and David told me at the time that he knew that there needed to be a more feminine energy in the practice, which is why he hired me to begin with. It just took me building my confidence in the nuts and bolts of wealth planning before I felt comfortable really showing up in that way. Wow. I mean, that's so powerful. And showing up in vulnerability and authenticity and really seeing each other, they're all good coaching skills but maybe not something we realize we also need from our financial professionals. I absolutely would agree. And so many times I've had clients who have transitioned from other places because they felt like someone actually listened Mm. because they felt like someone actually wanted to educate them and not just tell them what to do. Mm. I look at it as this is a team sport And I'm a member of your team. It's always your money. I'm just here to give you the recommendations and the explanation as to why. And I want you to make those decisions as it relates to, you know, I'm going to make your investment decisions. You're trusting me with your money. But I want you to feel confident in every step of the way that that you are on the team with me. It's, Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes in my industry, and I can say that because I'm in it, People want you to think that you're you're not smart enough to do this, that you mm. you need them. They want to put themselves in an elevated position. Whereas I like to tell people constantly, the money, the numbers are the easy part. It's the financial emotions, the decision-making that is the most complicated. We all know how to be wealthy, spend less than you make and save. Why aren't we all absolutely you know, s- swimming in abundance? It's because we get in our own way. And so I think just allowing people to feel seen, heard, to educate them on the process, what we're doing, Mm -hmm. why this makes sense for them can be a more feminine approach to financial planning and it has resonated. And so when something works, you just keep doing it and leaning into Mm -hmm. it. And if I'm honest, it was doing personal development on myself. It was leaning into not sort of that 
hustle and grind of practices of more phone calls, more meetings, more connections. It was leaning into that space of let me work on my own money mindset. Let me make sure that I'm sitting in a space of abundance and not scarcity. Let me work Mm -hmm. on my limiting beliefs. And when I had those tackled, I was able to show up in a way that allowed people to go on that journey for themselves. So I don't actually think that it was, yes, it was particular clients, but it was really the journey to work on myself that allowed me to become financially free and show up in a way that represents that for other people. Um, so would you like to share any of the... Um... I want to go a couple of different places. Would you like to share any of the, the 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 pieces of your personal development that were particularly impactful or really helped open and transform your mindset around abundance? Absolutely. I would say number one, it was putting myself in the room with other like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I joined a mastermind and this was outside of IRC Wealth. This was me personally saying, I want to elevate myself to the next level. So I joined a mastermind based out of LA and put myself in a room with people where I felt quite frankly inadequate. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't fit in. But it's in those uncomfortable places where we really make the the growth leaps. And so I just connected with all of these amazing people. And what I went into that room for was definitely more masculine. It was, oh, I'm going to you know, have courses and I'm going to do all of this social media content and I'm going to do, do, do all these things. And really what I gained from that room were amazing connections. And I found my quote voice, meaning I really love to speak to groups, to speak on podcasts, to speak on stages, to educate people about money, to talk them through looking through their limiting beliefs, up-leveling their mindset, giving them just simple steps that they can put into place now. Having had one group you know, call with other entrepreneurs, there's tactical things that they can do that they can take away. Um, And so it was putting myself in the room and recognizing that it was not for all of the tasks, but it Mm -hmm. was the connections. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, it was truly working on understanding, reading a lot of books. I've taken a lot of courses. I've gone on retreats and sitting in the space of meditating, scripting, really understanding the laws of attraction, manifesting, keeping your mindset elevated and staying present, not living in the past, not going too far in the future, but really feeling into the present moment. When you're with someone, be all in with them, be where your feet are. So it was learning to honor and for myself, I'm a I'm a doer and I and I recognize that I needed to stop doing so much, Mm. but being more of what felt authentic for me. That's, that's a huge challenge for anybody. And it continues to be, but I have better tools now, Mm -hmm. right? Or I have at least a mindset where I can reset a little faster than I did Mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of those limiting beliefs. What are you seeing in your clients that um, you're, in yourself and in your clients that really impact their, their abundance and, and financial life. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll start by saying that oftentimes limiting, oftentimes limiting beliefs aren't actually yours. Mm. They're adopted 
by the people that you surround yourself with. So that could be your parents or guardians, your partner. We often just sort of envelope their limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and don't stop to question them. So often people think you have to work so hard for money. It's such a hard thing Mm -hmm. to earn money. And I think to myself, you know what's a hard job? A hard job is paving in the summer. Are those the highest earners? No, it's not. We don't have to work physically, mentally, and emotionally so hard to earn money. It's just that thought process. People often think that you know, rich people are greedy. They, again, that's adopted a lot of times from their childhood or from places. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, without people who live in abundance, then we wouldn't have those that are giving to lift up everyone else around them. I really talk to women about being for profit. Oftentimes women don't feel like they deserve to take mm-hmm. money from their business or they don't deserve to live in abundance. And I challenge them with, what great things can you do in this world with more abundance? You can't be poor enough to help someone. So if you mm-hmm. recognize that it's resources that lift others up, including yourself, then you would let go of the limiting belief that you don't deserve an abundance, great wealth. So those are some of the things that come up often is people thinking that they don't actually deserve this abundance. Who says? There's not a pie in the sky that says, if I have more, you have less. There's plenty for everyone. And so I think it's really starting to shift people into that. And one question that I really like to ask people when we're working on their money mindset is, Tell me three good things that you could do in this world with more money. And oftentimes people are like, oh, I could start a charity. I could have Mm -hmm. all the clean water. I could solve climate change. And one of the most profound answers came from a woman that actually was someone that we had released as a client. Her account balance was really, really low. We had worked with her through a point and it was a lovely transition. She was grateful. I was gracious. And I told her, if you ever need anything, please reach out. And she did email and she said, I don't expect you to respond. I know you said I could reach out. So here I am. And I just had an hour long conversation really helping her because she was one that was, again, really struggling with her money mindset, her value, her beliefs. And when we wrapped up that call, she was in tears. And I asked her this question, tell me three good things you could do in this world with more money. Because she just didn't feel like she deserved it, which is why she was in the place she was in. And she said, I just need time to think about it, but I'll respond. And sure enough, she sent me an email and it was the most beautiful response that I feel I could have ever gotten to those mm-hmm. questions. It was, I can tip generously. The people that work in the service industry deserve as much as I can tip. I can shop locally, mom and pop stores in my community to serve other people. And then our third one was, I can travel, not at the Ritz-Carlton level, but I can travel, see the world, understand other cultures, and recognize that we're all connected humans. So, I mean, her answers were simple, yet so powerful and so beautiful. And so I challenge everyone to truly think of three good things you can do. And they don't have to be huge if you had an excess of abundance or more money. That's beautiful. And what that, what I take from that is, you know, she really tapped into the power of abundance as something we all share. It's a, it's something humanity shares. Like once you're in the flow of, of allowing what's, 
available and 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 uh, to you, then it becomes this flow with everyone. Absolutely, right? it's flowing Which is out. What money out of is yes. money is a flow of energy. And oftentimes I have found that when people really start to dive into their limiting beliefs and money mindset, what I find is that abundance comes naturally, but yet the desire for more tangible things starts to shrink. It's Mm. like when we really start to understand that money is flow, money is energy, and it keeps, it continues to come. It's like we almost kind of loosen our grip. I like to tell people, you know, it's important to be in the space of gratitude and giving because Mm -hmm. if you have your fists closed really tight, it's really hard to receive. But when you open your hands and you're willing to share of your time, talent, and treasure, it's when you're open to receiving as well. (coughs) Excuse me. So recognizing that the more abundance you have, the more you give, the more comes back to you. And at some point, experiences and helping others starts to become more of a priority than all the tangible things. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love a good purse and I love a nice trip, but it also feels really good when I'm in a space to be able to give. Like this woman said, I always think of her. I tip extremely generously. It's a job that, you know, I'm not doing and I'm grateful that they are, especially nowadays. So Mm -hmm. when you can start to sit in gratitude and show gratitude with your time, talent or treasure, the world just really changes. That's so true. It's so true. My teacher once said gratitude builds personal power. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I was, I was in a, a real fit of complaining. <laughs> As we, often, dropped, we can find ourselves there. <laughs> yeah. She dropped that truth bomb on me. I went, Oh, I don't empower myself or anyone by looking at what isn't or what I wish was different. It's in that it's, it's really getting into that flow where I tap into what's available and the abundance that's available right here and now. And so I've spent years exploring that statement. You know, how is that true? And yeah, the, absolutely. The, the gratitude and the abundance and that, that spirit of giving and mm-hmm. it, it just creates so much. It doesn't even create it. It helps us access it. Yeah. What's already it just there. Shifts. It shifts the paradigm for us. Mm-hmm. And we start to be more present with what we have and grateful for what we have. And, you know, one of my love languages is travel. And every mm. time I travel and see other parts of the world, other places, I'm, I recognize the oneness of all of us, but I also recognize the absolute privilege that we have living here in America. And so even those that maybe don't feel like they have the wealth that they want, we can still look around and be grateful for clean water and access Mm -hmm. to a variety of things that make our life better. So there's always a reason to sit in gratitude. Absolutely. So um, what else would you want to say to women who are struggling with their mindset and who feel like it, well, who feel like it is a struggle and that making money just requires struggle? Um, A couple of different things. I would say reach out have a call, right? Connect in with me or someone like me. Um, Ask for support. Check in with your your friend groups. Put yourself in rooms with amazing women who want to see everyone, including you, succeed. I think it's 
spending some time really maybe reading a book or two, right? The um, There's a, a, a handful of books that you can find that are related to wealth and money mindset. It's, it's putting things like podcasts, learning, listening to things, you know, that help you learn and lean into that space. I always find that when I'm in the space of listening and learning and being open, my attitude, my abundance, all of it is elevated other than when I'm just mindlessly scrolling and, and I get it, we're all tired sometimes, but it, it takes an effort mm-hmm. to start to learn, to lean into. And we have to start putting those steps in place to keep us moving forward. So that is, and the other thing I'd like to say is you don't have to have a lot to start investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just $20, $50 a month, set up that account automatically transfer that money over. Start to pay yourself. It is actually showing yourself that you're a priority. It's a it's a routine. And I say automate it because if we wait until the end of the month when there's, I'll just use whatever's mm-hmm. left over, magically, nothing's ever left over. We're sort of energetically aligned to spend what we have. So we have to start paying ourselves like we are one of the necessary expenses that we have. And start small. If you don't have much, great. Start with um, an amount into your 401k if you work for a company. If you don't, start putting money aside in a savings account. Heck, if you don't even have access to that, then take $20 a week and put it in a coffee can. But start somewhere investing in yourself. And over time, that 50 bucks becomes 500. That 500 becomes 1,000. And you start to feel really good about what you're doing and the steps you're taking. And you start to change your mindset. I I love that. I've I've proven that to myself that it's um there are plenty of times I was I, I wasn't just living hand to mouth, but I was that was my mindset, right? I was just it was going out as fast as it was coming in, sometimes faster. And no matter my income level, I always had a choice yeah. about about where that goes and what I the choices I make. I love that. I love that. We do. We do have choices. It's, but it's working on your mindset. Um, And I would say really journal. What is it that I believe about money? Mm. Write it down and then look at that statement, whatever it is. You know, I grew up with money doesn't grow on trees. Okay. Well, literally money doesn't grow on trees. However, you know, I recognize that I don't truly believe that anymore. I believe that the the more financially sound that I am, the more that I give, the more that I spend on things that truly matter, the more is coming to me. So write down those beliefs. Are wealthy people greedy? I mean, how many lovely people do we know that are wealthy? They're not greedy. That's not a pervasive trait, Mm -hmm. but we can tend to get in that space of scarcity. So write down those limiting beliefs and really ask yourself, is this 100% true? And I can almost guarantee it's not. And then start to reshift, start to rewrite that story. Wealthy people are generous and change the world. I deserve I deserve more abundance because I'm a good person who's going to do good things with money. I don't have to work hard. I can work smart, right? Like it's really reframing yeah. those limiting yeah. beliefs. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Byron Katie? Of course. 
Mm-hmm. Well, when you when you just when you talked about reframing um, and asking yourself if that's true, her work instantly came to mind. Mm-hmm. And what are the questions? Is this true? And how can I reframe this? And if if this is not true, then then how can I reframe it? And I think that's so powerful when we're working with those beliefs. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you have to, so much of it is in your mind. So much of what we create is because we think that's all that's available. And that's a lot of the personal development work that I've done. Our thoughts are our own creation. And when you recognize that you can rewrite your thoughts to change your outcomes, which is a wild concept for those that are maybe new to that, but it's really important to put yourself in the space of believing things to be true before they are. Mm. Believing that wealth is yours before it is. I'm one of those people that I love an angel number, you know, 1111 or repeating numbers. And for years, as soon as I saw an angel number or something serendipitous happened to me, the words in my head were money flows easily and freely to me. Like it's Mm. like breathing when something serendipitous happens. That is what I trained myself to say and believe. Mm -hmm. And I am proof that it does. It absolutely does. I have been walking a financial journey, doing action, aligned action steps, working with someone to help keep me accountable. But most importantly, I've sat in the belief that I deserve wealth and abundance because I know I'm a good person. I know I do great things with my money. I know I help people around me. So it's not a, I think I'll try. It's an absolute utter core belief of mine. And I think that's why I have been successful at what I do because I don't for a second doubt that it belongs to me. That's beautiful. That's stepping into faith. And I didn't grow up like that. My Mm. first job, which I used to be so embarrassed about, I was 15. I rode my bike and I cleaned a home and ironed clothes for a couple because I wanted money. I wanted to have money to do some things I wanted. So I didn't grow up with, you know, to sort of bust the the myth that I was handed anything. You know, my husband and I borrowed money from my mom to have a down payment on our first home. We paid her back with interest we have created the wealth that we have by changing our mindset, changing our story and following a plan. That's what a financial advisor helps you do, create a plan. It was all sort of disjointedly in place, but working with a professional helped me align those goals. And to when I was a stay-at-home mom, realized that I was in the right place at that time. So every time I left those meetings, I sort of, my shoulders would come out of my ears and I would say, okay, I'm still in the right and perfect place for our family. And we're still going to be on a path to financial freedom. So, you know, again, I would encourage you to work with someone, anyone, have the conversations. People, you know, I always say, if your car is not working, who do you talk to? A mechanic. I mean, I guess you could YouTube it, but that's a whole lot of effort. If you're not feeling great, you know, you could go to the doctor But people really struggle to sort of open the kimono and have a talk about their money because they feel like they should have more. They should be doing better or they're embarrassed about, you know, some of the things that have happened. Well, your past doesn't divine you. That's why the windshield's so much bigger than the rearview mirror. Mm. I always say your bank account isn't a measure of who you are. That's, that's, it's all 
able to be changed. It's all able to be rewritten for the future. I love that. I was just about to ask you about people who might be em- embarrassed about their current situation and, oh, and reaching out to a financial planner. I think I-, I can say from my own belief, I've seen and heard a lot. And, you know, I'm always like, I'm, I'm grateful actually that people are willing to be vulnerable and share with me. And I don't think there's anything that isn't um, able to be turned around. So don't be embarrassed. It's like, the folks that don't want to go to the doctor because they don't want to share their symptoms. Again, they've seen and heard it all. They're, they're there to help. These are helping professions, being a doctor, being in financial services, they're helping professions. We're here because we want people to have a better life. I don't have to do this. I do this because I love it. I do this because it brings me joy to see people succeed, to see those aha moments. I have found lately in speaking to you know, how I do my financial planning that people are often in tears at the end of a meeting. And I'm like, oh, I've made them cry, but it's tears of joy. It's tears of relief. It's realizing that I'm going to be okay. And that's really all any of us want to know. Are we going to be okay? And the answer is always yes. It really and truly is. The answer is always yes. Is everyone's situation different? Of course, but everyone is going to be okay. I don't think anybody now would be afraid to go to the financial planner after hearing you talk. Like, okay, right, somebody's going to hold my hand through it. I mean, and if it's not a hell yes, and you don't feel aligned with that person, find someone else. You don't have to stay. If you have someone now and, and you don't have that relationship, cultivate it with them or find someone that you can. We can change, right? We don't have to stay stuck in a place that doesn't feel authentic and good. I'm super happy when anyone is working with a financial professional. I don't believe in scarcity at all. I believe in absolutely. But if they're not someone who's making you feel seen and heard, there's someone else who will. I'm so grateful for that because I think a lot of people need to hear that, that there are the the helping professionals out there who can make it. um, A peaceful journey. Peaceful journey. Yeah. Peaceful journey. Absolutely. Recently, when you and I talked, you shared a client story with me. Would you be willing to share that story or another one about one you recently worked with? I'm sure I would if you remind me. (laughs) (laughs) If I shared it, I'm happy to share it again. Yeah, you were on the phone with a client when you when you realized that they that your approach was more suited to what they needed. Mm, Yes. So I had this lovely woman who had inherited some money. And I don't know if this is the story, but this is what's coming to mind. So this is obviously what I'm meant to be telling you. And she inherited the advisor of her, her parents. And as she described it to me, she just felt so placated. So Mm -hmm. they're there, it'll be fine. And she was such a smart woman who really wanted to understand and wanted someone to just take the time and see her and hear her. And we've cultivated a beautiful friendship. That's sort of a byproduct of working with me. Most likely we're just going to be friends to begin with, because, you know, those are the people that I'm calling into my life, but her just sitting in tears and telling me that no one listened and she didn't feel safe. I mean, safety is such a thing as it relates to your money. You have to feel safe. And she didn't. And this man had multiple 
figures of her money and she didn't feel safe. Not that he wasn't a person who was doing anything wrong. It wasn't that. It's just she didn't feel emotionally safe to ask questions, to make changes. And so in working with me specifically, she came to me through her sister who came to me through the son. So it just sort of worked out. It was a lovely family affair. Um, So it wasn't, you know, any reason other than she had heard good things and wanted to also experience that. And so it brings me so much joy when I can help women, especially start to feel confident, start to feel like they have the power Mm. that they can do it and that they have a team member who's going to make sure that all is well. So beautiful, beautiful. And yeah. And, and, People facing new situations need that. Absolutely. Absolutely. People's wealth changes every day, whether that's from a promotion, an inheritance, or for some other reason. Wealth changes every day for people. Life-changing wealth happens, and people don't often know where to go. Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult to Google search, (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah. Something like that. So it's oftentimes word of mouth or listening to things like podcasts, or reading books, or hearing recommendations. But it is absolutely, if you seek it, if you script it, if you want it, you will find the right and perfect person to work with you on your wealth journey. You mentioned books again. Do you have any books you would recommend? I love some, yes, let me think. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad Mm -hmm. is a really good one. Um, smart women finish rich is a really good one. And when you start to Google these, you'll see others that come up in alignment with that. So I just think it's important to read. It's important to listen. For me, my time reading is a little bit more limited. So often anytime I'm in the car and when I'm getting ready, I have a podcast on and sometimes they're just for fun. And sometimes they're because I need a mindset shift in myself Mm -hmm. for that particular day. So I would recommend lots of podcasts such as this one. Amazing. But other motivating podcasts, it's less about the tangible, oh, do I put it in an IRA or a 401k? It's more about the belief structure, the mindset. So when I say listen to podcasts and read books, it's because I want you to feel in the space of abundance and know that you can find someone to help you elevate that there's answers, you know, the Mm -hmm. answers are on Google, that feeling you have to cultivate and find. Oh, absolutely. Um, So do you have any favorite practices that you that you do, or that you would recommend to help people shift their mindset? Yeah, I love suggesting a money date, whether that's with yourself, your romantic partner, your business partner, you need to know your numbers. And oftentimes people think of them like the monster under the bed. If you don't Mm. look right, you've created this awful story about what's there lurking in the shadows. There's really the power comes in knowing your numbers. So I encourage folks to have a money date with themselves. And when I say that, make it a pleasurable experience, have a glass of wine, put on some music, say to yourself, I'm going to have a money date, get my number straight, and then we're going to go out to dinner 
or I'm going to treat myself to a pedicure or, uh, you know, however you need to frame it so that it is a pleasurable experience. You need to have the conversations. And I think I said before, personal finance is a team sport, whether that's your financial professional in your team, your spouse, your business partner, whoever, it's a team sport. Mm -hmm. So empower yourself. And if you're not the person who is in charge of the money in your home, that's okay, but make sure that you're educated. So I love the idea of a money date. I love the idea of automating some version of savings. For me, for years, years, whenever a paycheck would be received, automatically, within three days, I had money going to an emergency fund, which I prefer to call opportunity fund, college savings, house savings, different things. I've always saved and lived on the difference. And I continue to do that today. As soon as money comes into my account, because I know when it's scheduled first and last of the month, automatically three days later, I literally write my paycheck, you know, into my, because I still love to keep a checkbook. I write it down and then four different savings come straight out of that outside of my 401k, which has already been factored in. So it's really putting in place automatic savings so that you take the thought out of it and you are paying yourself just like you're paying anyone else that you owe in that particular month. Beautiful. Um, I have a question. You yeah. still use a checkbook? Oh my gosh, I do. Look at it. It's right here. <laughs> tell, tell me about that. Well, you know, for me, it is, I like to be to the penny, mm-hmm. right? I like to know exactly where my money is. I like to know exactly how much is in my account. So I've been in the habit of writing it down. I'm fascinated by people who just eyeball it, right? I like to know how much is there and I like to be intentional with it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be as specific as I am, but I think you do need to be intentional with your money. And writing it down has been a practice that I have done for years and it, it works for me. So I've continued to do that. But however your practice works for you, just be intentional about it. I hadn't even thought about that. Like when I stopped using a, a physical checkbook, it didn't occur to me that the writing of it does create more intention around it. So I love that idea, whether or not people actually use a checkbook or not, writing it down or, has yeah. power. It's spelling, right? Yeah. I often tell people, people think, oh, I don't know how to do you know QuickBooks or I'm not great at Excel. Okay. Get a notebook, get a notebook. Write down what your expenses are every month. Keep track of it and don't keep track of it going forward. Keep track of, you know, kind of track it a few months back when you weren't lying to yourself, <laughs> right? <laughs> because if you say, oh, I'm going to, you know, suddenly start writing down your expenses, you get really, you know, scarce in your mindset. So I see if you really want to know a true measure of your spending and you want to see what your intentions have been, go back a month or two mm. and track that just to kind of see where your mindset was. And from there, you can make shifts, right? And I'm not one who believes in always cutting back. Mm-hmm. I believe in making more. Again, it goes back to scarcity for abundance. I don't want to tell you, how can we cut more things out of your life? I want to say, how can you make more money so that you can continue to enjoy the things that you have? But I also want to encourage people as Americans, we tend to make more, spend more, make more, spend more, mm-hmm. make more, spend more, make more, treat yourself to something fun and save, save yeah. that difference. Get happy with your lifestyle. It's not always about more, more, more. Get happy with your lifestyle. Find the things that truly bring you joy. Spend money there. And when you make more, use some for pleasure. 
use some for paying off debt if you have any, and then save. Raise those automatic amounts. If you're saving 50, raise it to 100 when you get a raise. You know, if you're doing 6% in your 401k, make it eight. But start to, in tiny ways, in small ways, trick yourself into becoming wealthy. That's what I have to say. Yeah, and and you're talking about another belief there that of the... um, you know, spending everything we make, right? It's, it's, e- even if you're saving, you're, you know, still maybe going to the, to the penny. There's nothing left over at the end of the month. And that's, that's a belief that can also be shifted. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. But it's the matter of truly getting happy with who you are and where you are. Oftentimes people just aren't happy. And so they find or think that spending, is something Mm. is going to be where they find themselves and their happiness. And it's always from within. And I know that sounds really kind of base level, but it truly is. You're never going to find happiness outside of you. Absolutely not. You're going to find happiness within your friendships, your romantic relationships, your connections with, you know, those at the office, with nature, really kind of spending more time looking at what's important. Which brings us back to gratitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that, that practice that really gives you more feeling of in touch with your power Mm -hmm. of what is truly important to you and what you actually have. Absolutely. And it's okay to want things, but there has to be more depth than just tangible things. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want people to start to shift a little bit. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Amy, this has been such a a, a lovely conversation and wide ranging. And um, I really wanted to have you on so people get a taste for who you are and what you do, but also hopefully understand the possibilities for changing. I love that. Absolutely. So if people want to, it is possible. It is. Yeah. And I, I love that you're out there on the front lines teaching people that it is possible and how to do it. Thank you. So if people want to get a hold of you and work with you, how can they find you? Oh, I love that. So ircwealth.com. That's our website. You'll find me on there and you can send an email via that. I'm on Instagram at Amy W. Getz Finance. I'm on LinkedIn at Amy Getz. So there's plenty of ways to connect with me. You know, send me an email, send me a DM. Let's have a conversation. I'm really, I'm not scary at all. I love to make connections with people. I do. Like I wouldn't be here if I didn't just love to be around people and feel their energy. So yeah. Hopefully well, I I'll make some new friends. Absolutely. And uh, I know firsthand, you're just a bright light when you walk into the room. So I oh, appreciate you. your energy and what you do. And so celebrate, you know, your work in wealth management and helping people think and be wealthy. And yes. Abundant. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the message. You share new messages you know, all the time. And thank you for being someone who puts a voice to people so that others can hear and learn from them. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that does it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, if you like this program, please like and share and subscribe and review. It helps us, but it also helps guests like Amy you know, do their good work in the world. So stay tuned. We've got more episodes coming up, but thank you for joining us. And I'm Arlia Hoffman. This has been the Women's Sanctuary. 
I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.